Welcome back, Cal listeners. This is Methodical Millions, episode 20. Cal, we talked about cash, how money started. We talked about digital money. But we think about investment timing in terms of when to make that play. And what are your opinions on timing and investment? It's the age-old question, I think. When something just starts booming, let's say when either a certain stock starts skyrocketing in value, like we talked about last week, cryptocurrency starts booming or real estate or whatever the case might be, one would think, I should have bought it when I could have. I thought of buying it and all that. But it's very hard to tell exactly when that happens, which is why I think general good piece of advice is if you've done your research and you actually truly believe that what you want to invest in has actual future, then you just should step in and put cash aside, for example, to invest towards that thing. Timing itself can be difficult. For example, as the time of this recording, Bitcoin went from around $9,000 per Bitcoin to at the time of close of Friday was around 11,500 or so. So that's a good chunk, over 25% jump in a matter of a week, which is very, very healthy. But even three, four weeks before that, where it was hovering around the 9,000 range and staying there, wasn't doing much. I was contemplating I should buy some Bitcoin. And I had my reasons. I felt it would go up in value. And there are a lot of people who want to put their money to safe haven. And some people putting their money to the gold or precious metals. I think Bitcoin would be one of these things to put your money into. But again, I'm not an advisor. It's just a gut feeling, done some reading. And I felt that maybe should have done it. I procrastinated. Haven't done it, missed out on the jump. Now, one might think, okay, why not jump in now? Well, that's possible, but then you have the question of, are you just jumping in because you just don't want to miss out on it? So time, it could be tricky, but there are ways to read the charts, to read the pattern, to see the trend and believe if you're actually following the crowd or if you have a good reason to join that rally. Yeah, I get you. From my experience, I follow a lot of angels who write checks in early stage startups. What I like about the long-term methodology of investing is as soon as you decide an investment's a good idea, so much can change in five years. So the thing about, we've talked about asymmetrical investing. So if you're going to use $1,000 into a new company, it could be a publicly traded one. It could be Bitcoin. It could be some of the big names, Apple, Tesla. So we talked about how people say they can't grow anymore or they're not worth the valuation. But if you think of it as what goes right if this company does well, Tesla gets self-driving right, ride sharing, what kind of revenues are they going to get into the energy business, which I would argue all those things are true. Their valuation could be really, really high. And I personally have a belief that you'll see Apple, Amazon, Tesla, as probably the three giants who are going to cross-compete in a lot of spaces. But who would have thought Apple and Amazon would be worth a trillion, trillion and a half as well when five years ago people said, well, no one's buying iPhones and bam, they switched to software and start making, I think it was 40% of the revenue now comes from software subscriptions. So there's these unlocks that companies can afford. And I think through tech, Apple, it's a fundamental company They're very risk averse and keep a lot of cash because 
they were essentially on the verge of bankruptcy, let's say 20 years ago. And you kind of don't forget that in your DNA. But they have innovative people. And if you think of investing as that, which is what could go right, I've got money I'm not going to use anyways, that is the opportunity. And I like it because you take away the frustration of valuation today. And if you're paying 20% more, it's a great example with Bitcoin. What happens if Bitcoin goes up another 10x or 20x? And if you think of it from that perspective, so people always will argue the valuation of Tesla, and people have been arguing it since it traded at $70 a share. And people would kill it again at that valuation. So we talk about value investing as seeing value where others don't and what could go right. It's nice because it takes away the nuances of, is this the right week? And if you take the time scale of five years, the growth in a lot of these companies is so large that your investment point doesn't even matter. It's still a good investment. And to the people who might say, hey, I bought Bitcoin at 20,000 US dollars at the top. My answer to that, like say you bought it in 2017 and maybe you're slowly digging out of that and maybe it'll recover, maybe it won't. But you're not always going to be right and it's okay to be wrong. But if you have a more than one investment approach, if you write an investment thesis, why you think it'll do well, you just track that investment. Put a seven-year time horizon like the big players do. Making two, three X on your money is fantastic, but quite rare in 12 months or two years. Or if you got in early in, let's say, April, maybe in three weeks or two months. But over the long term, making two, three X, 10 X, 20x is the goal. That's where it's less about timing and more about the inference on the upside. And I promise you, professional VCs who, on average, I don't think a lot of them even do that well out of thousands of them, unless they have like an Uber investment or maybe they hit Twitter. And it's always easy in hindsight to say how smart someone is once one investment does well. So keep your ego out of it. But track record is what matters here. So how much upside are you getting? How often? At what multiple? And go do the math. If you argue valuation today, it's exactly like angels do. So go watch Shark Tank and someone might argue over, hey, the company's worth six million, not eight. And I think they're just trying to capture some more upside to make it better for them long term. But no one's writing a check there if they don't think it's a good idea. So what I'm trying to say is at that moment in time, if your thesis is right, it's absolutely not a bad thing. Yeah, I agree a lot about that. Just going back to my example of Bitcoin, if I buy it now at, a, let's say, a roughly around 11500 if the potential that it can get to $100,000, dollars a few years, it might never get there, by the way. But if that was the case, if I have a case for it, and I believe that there is a very good chance for it to get to that level, then it doesn't really matter if I bought it at nine or 11 and a half. It's really not going to make a difference considering the magnitude of that valuation, right? So just in October, I was trading Tesla and I was scalping. It was a swing trade. So I used to buy the stock and sell it after a few days or a few weeks. So it wasn't necessarily an investment, but I was seeing a trend where it was hovering between $220 a share and $260 a share. And I would try to make money off the movement up and down of that range. And I was in and out of it two or three times. 
my longest hold was around, I think about a couple of months for one position. And I thought it was good value back then, but I would never think that in roughly eight to nine months down the road, it would be trading at roughly seven times that. So it's insane. I knew it was undervalued based on my general consensus, the readings, the potential, how the companies finally turn a profit. So I was very bullish on it, but you just really never know. And you can never catch it. I remember at one point it dropped to around 218, 217. I started to panic because I bought it at 230 for that one. And I thought it's dropping a bit more than I wanted to. And thinking of it now, it's like, that's nothing. It's not going to make a difference. And when it comes to investment, like I have a couple of things that I'm thinking, I truly believe that the potential is there. I just don't know how long it'll take for them to really boom in terms of biotech, in terms of manufacturing and engineering and things like that. So I don't have specific companies. I just believe in this certain industry in that sense. So I'm thinking of putting very small lumps of money with the potential of making 10, 20 times that amount. And in the event that it doesn't work out, I'm not losing my shirt. Again, that's kind of the point, but we shouldn't be doing it as a gamble. They make the mistake of thinking that I'm just going to put my money where I believe that might work and just hope one or two of them make it. And then that way I can make up the losses on the rest and potentially profit. Although that's not necessarily bad, but without having a reason for you to invest, that's really gambling. That's what it is in my personal opinion. So I believe you work very hard for your money. And in turn, you should make it work hard for you. It's a quote that I truly believe in. But then again, because you work so hard, you need to put your money in the smart place, right? At least what you believe is effective. So making multiples is the goal. That's what all of us really want, ideally. But like you said, you have to be patient with it. It'll take time. Think of it like your fitness goals. A lot of us would gain weight most of the time during the winter and then come April and think, okay, I got three months, I want to be in shape for the beach. So you think you're going to undo years of weight gains in three months just to get to your ideal beach body. Now, is it impossible? No, but realistically, it's not going to happen in that short time frame. So what makes you think that you're going to get rich overnight? And even though that can happen, it's very, very unlikely. And sometimes If the money comes in too easily because you haven't learned how to manage the risk or strategize your money in terms of once you get to that point, your profit taking, how to distribute the rest of your returns into other investment vehicles or other assets. So if you don't learn through that, then it's unlikely that you're going to keep those gains as well. So hoping to get to 10 times the multiple of your invested money is ideal, but you need to learn also how to hold on to it. All that comes into play. Yeah, it's almost like there's a repeating pattern. So the theme I like to talk about is diligence. And what I mean by that is, are you really digging into the fundamentals of what the company can become? And I really think the distinction between the people who will quote unquote gamble, or as I'd call it, not understand the risk and basically give up versus the professionals who do this for a living. And not that it's easy. I'm sure you can count the greats on both your hands. But if you take a VC or an investor or an entrepreneur who does this for a living, it is really inspiring. I could be building things. I could be building companies. You can buy 
one share or I think even in the States, a fraction of a share. And guess what? You can vote on yearly investment decisions on company direction, on choices for the board. You can actually have an understanding and maybe your vote's small, but that gets you excited. Why not follow it? And I would take that over mindless entertainment any day where you can think about how the world is formed and who makes the cool products in the world, who makes these companies that customers love and they're obsessed with. And back to your passion in life, if this draws you in, I would absolutely follow it. It's almost not about the numbers at that point. And eventually, if you get good or you find that niche of what you really love, it's not about the money anymore. It's not about the extra dollar. You really do find a purpose. So I think this is what it's all about, which is, do you know what your purpose is? And if you don't, go make some money and find out what that is. And again, it's fuel. It's not for the sake of it on its own, but you should be empowered to go out and learn, go out and try things. And there's that line of what's stopping you. And if you have that creative space, as we said, where you can actually foster this learning and growth, there's really nothing holding you back from making those investments, from following these companies. And I really think the value you get, we've talked about buying your education with tuition in the market, but let's say you put $1,000 in a company you didn't know much about. My advice would be to follow that company closely. Every dollar counts. So pretend it's a million dollars. You're going to learn so much that just by parking your money there. And even if you make a return that's not, I don't know, 10, 20x, the value you get from learning is so high that it almost doesn't even matter. And you're going to use that in your toolkit to go learn about the next company to maybe get involved. Or maybe you got a friend who wants to start something and now you've got a cool insight about an industry or about how someone solved a problem. I know from what I follow, I learned so much about running a company that to me, it's better than any business school. And it really pushes me along to give it a shot myself and to dabble in these things. There's that ancient proverb, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time to plant a tree is today, which means anytime's a good time. And it's still very valid to start growing the seeds today because a lot can really change your life will look so different in five years and you might not see the financial returns right away, but you will be a different person. You'll be involved in a lot of cool things and it will change your life. We haven't scripted this. I just wanted to say that I can't agree with you any more than this. It's absolutely true. The fact that when I first started putting my money into the companies that I thought were valuable or had the potential, it drove me to read more about them. I consider myself a partner now as a contributor, even if it was a small share of a company, right? So I would just read more. I would understand their financials more. I would understand their business model, their plans, what they're doing, how people are reacting to their progress and all of that. So it opened my eyes to a lot of other things that I didn't even think of. It's just knowledge upon knowledge upon knowledge that I've accumulated. And none of it was done through school. When you study in business, finance, mathematics, whatever the case might be, it's usually different when it is to real life because it's not applied. It's a lot better when you do these things and you learn them on your own. And because you want to learn them or you develop the want, you develop an interest in learning such things, it really opens your eyes to many other things. And that opens your eyes to even more 
and it's ongoing, never stops. My form of entertainment right now is everything is educational. And it's purely because I want to. It's not because I think I should. It's not because I think that I need it to develop in my career or myself. I do it because I want to learn. I want to understand this. And what happens is I read a book and then I watch some videos and then I read a blog and an article and come across a term that I don't know what it is. And I look it up and that opens a whole new world of other things that I didn't even know were there. And it's beautiful. And with that, it'll help you develop to know, understand those companies better and hopefully understand that there is value. Maybe I should put my money into this certain company or in this certain commodity or in this certain metal or into real estate or into a business of my own. Because you open your eyes to what the potential is, you educate yourself. Maybe I should invest into it. And that's usually what sparks the interest. Let's say you're a Mac guy, so you love Apple products. Let's say you buy even 10 shares of Apple or one share of Apple. And then you start reading and you think, you know, I'm a shareholder of Apple. One thing leads to another, and then you'll understand why Apple is so good with their models, what they have planned for the future, and you'd see what other competitors are doing. It really is about education. And by educating yourself, you might see a glimpse of something that might have the potential of making 10, 20, 50, 100 time returns. If you're early and you're right, then it could be incredibly rewarding. Yeah, those are some good words. And I like that as an analogy for trying things in life because we've talked about opportunity before. You won't size the full extent of the opportunity. I know people in trading or investing say you'll never time the top exactly. It's almost a fool's errand because there's too many moving parts. And if you get the overall idea right, which is this company will do well or I will do well in a new field, starting a new business, that's all you need. You don't have to get timing perfectly right. It is absolutely not the most important thing. And I mean that over the long term. So let's say you've had a long career and you want to switch. Overall, I don't think it's a bad idea. And if it really is what you want or it helps you get to where you want to be, no one can take that from you. The timing is whatever is right for you. So definitely go out there. Don't worry about timing too much. Keep going at it. Keep trying new things. And if you feel like you want to take a chance on something, you get my vote. You get mine too. Awesome. So I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in. That was Methodical Millions, episode 20. If you want to follow future episodes, you can find us at methodicalmillions.com and info at methodicalmillions.com for episode feedback. Thanks, everyone.